Hi, my name is Linda McKay, and I'm with Big Data Trunk, a corporate training company. We deal with learning and development professionals, and one of the things that we noticed is that is that you face very similar challenges in your work. Uh, for example, one of the last big challenges was how you all had to pivot uh, for COVID, but there's upcoming challenges. For example, AI is coming, uh, and then there's the day-to-day -day things like how do you measure success, uh, how do you engage people in your training programs, and we thought it would be worthwhile to share with each other how you're, how you're meeting those challenges. The interview we have today is with Scatter Westergaard of Landcare uh, out of Dallas, and without further ado, let's start that interview. Um, thank you. And uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and Landcare so we understand yeah. what you're facing. Yeah, thank you, Linda. I'll just give you a little bit of, uh, in the audience, a little bit of background of uh, who I am. Um, so my current position is at uh, Learning and Development Specialist at Landcare. Landcare is a nationwide landscape management company. Um, not a lot of people out there, you know, know a lot about details about landscaping and how it works. But what we do is we manage and maintain um, large commercial projects. Mm. Um, so many of um, listeners will have been to their favorite resort or hotel or um, work in office parks and have seen landscapers out there. That's what we do. Our ideal clients are um, resorts, hotels, hospitals, corporate campuses. We manage all the landscaping and maintain um, all the landscaping from from the you know simple uh, mowing of the grass to managing plant health, even snow and ice management in wintertime. Um, so that's what we do. Our company is about 4,000, a little over 4,000 employees. And we have um, six, about 60 branches across the country from Seattle to LA, Phoenix, Texas, um, and then the mid-Atlantic and, and Florida. So um, my background is in landscaping, and I came into the position I'm at now from a uh, college campus. I was a professor at um, Brigham Young University's Idaho campus, mm -hmm. and I'm now in corporate learning and development. So that's an interesting shift that you made, um, So and a big shift. So you were very much in the content. You were a landscaping expert, so to say, teaching that. Uh, and now you've shifted to something quite quite different in a way what what was the reason for the shift and what what do you see as the challenges in this new in new role they're different from from teaching yeah good um yeah it's a different it's, it's a different context than being in a college classroom with um you know bachelor's degree students mostly um for me the shift made sense for a couple of reasons one i love you know i love teaching and mm -hmm. I love learning too. And I've always liked that. As a matter of fact, whenever I'm traveling and I have the opportunity um, and time, I love to just walk around campuses, whether that be a college campus in the city, city uh, I'm visiting or a community college or whatnot. I just love walking around and feeling that, that learning and, and growth. I've always loved to read. And that's what made me want to go into teaching in my content area at the university in the first place. And so the transition... I'm away from the university context into the corporate world. Um, it's felt natural to me um, because of that interest and love of learning and teaching and helping people grow uh, and develop. I remember it, it started when I was in um, graduate school. I had an experience where I was a teaching assistant for a professor in a theory of design class mm. landscape architecture and a student was really having a hard time understanding a concept 
um, that the teacher was teaching. And I walked over to his desk and just explained it in a slightly different way that made sense to me. And, you know, I saw the light. He, he kind of had an aha moment like, oh, I get it now. Um, boy, that feels really, really good. Mm-hmm. I had a light bulb moment, I think, at that time saying, wow, this, this you know, a career in, in helping people have those moments and, and how meaningful that can be to a person's life mm. and to the life of their family and loved ones. Um, that, that for me, that kind of made sense, a transition from a university classroom to a corporate, corporate training. That's, and, and, and the demographic of, of who you teach or who you're responsible for lo- the learning is a little bit different now in, in the, in the corporate world, right? So younger people, uh, obviously at university and how, yeah. what, what did you have to do to prepare for that? Yeah, the, the, the demographic is different. You know, at the university, we're teaching people like, hey, when you enter your profession, this is what you'll be doing. This is what you'll be seeing. These will be the expectations. Um, now the demographic is, hey, you are doing these things like today. You know, what struggles are you having? So um, a few that, you know, the difference between, um, you know, just something that's coming to mind right now um, that's, that's a fun challenge is, you know, in the college classroom, I can hold a grade. Um, you know, that's part of the content. I shouldn't say I hold a grade over their head because I didn't see it that way, but there's a grade and they've paid for those credits. And if they don't do, you know, what's expected, then they don't get the benefit, you know, in the corporate world, it's a little bit different because you don't, you don't have that, that context with them. So, so getting the people to engage in the training for their own, you know, their own mm-hmm. will, they don't have the driver of like, I'm pay- I paid for this credit. I better kind of do what expected. Um, I think also just college students are more used to and comfortable with most of them to, to learning and the rigors of that and meeting assignment deadlines and taking quizzes. Cause I do it like every day um, in the corporate training world, you know, finding ways to, to um, you know, quiz people, assess, have an assessment for them, having them engage with that with that learning. Um, not everybody is as maybe skilled or experienced with that, or they haven't done it for a long time. So, right. so just understanding that, understanding that people at a different stage, um, honestly, the balance, a college student, that's their full-time job in a way is to learn and to go right. to class and to do assignments and projects. Um, for the people that I am helping, the, the learning that I'm giving them is kind of secondary a little bit to the expectations that they have on a day-to-day basis to fulfill their their primary roles in what they do. So so just working with that balance, yeah, those have been some kind of fun challenges to kind of think about as a, as a teacher. What about the confidence? Do you have a, a, a do you see a, sometimes a lack of confidence in, in new learners, people that haven't been in school for a long time or maybe never went to school because, you know, that your profession is uh, something you can get into without a degree, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's um, it's 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 harder to get into like the leadership roles and and without a degree. Our frontline employees, um, yeah, there's a lot that that don't have college education. Um, so yeah, the confidence, I, I that's that's one of those factors to um, if mm-hmm. somebody hasn't been in learning for a while, there can be there can be a trepidation like, well, what what's going to be expected? Can mm-hmm. I do it? Can I learn this? Is it going to be you know how much time it's going to take? And 
Um, I, I see part of my role is not only developing accurate content and delivering that in a in a successful way, but also it's people building. You know, if we if we go back for me, it, it's this thing in my heart that kind of that story that I shared a few minutes ago about helping a student at his desk mm -hmm. having a hard time understanding theory of landscape architecture. Um, so I think part of it is helping people build confidence. Hey, you can mm -hmm. do this. I'm on your side. I'm here with you. You can reach out to me anytime if there's any questions. So really quickly building a culture of, of learning, you know, if they're coming into, um, to a learning environment that I'm, that I'm facilitating. So, so I don't know if that makes sense. Linda, no, it does. Not, but yeah. Building, building people up just generally, Hey, you can do this. I, we're going to do it together. Um, you're typically the, the stuff that I'm doing, they're in a cohort too. So they have others that are in similar um, situations as them, right. but in different markets or different offices in the country, but just being there, just, I think my, my, I try to, you know, be optimistic and positive and, you know, like I said, I'm on your side. I'm here to help you. I want you to be successful. We can do this together. Um, but I think when of, you, when, part of the answer. when you told that story about, about the person getting it and also your, your, your realization that, that, um, that, that this kind of learning can change people's lives. I do think confidence is part of that because, um, you know, you're going to instill something in them and then they go on to, believe uh, that they can do it again you know it's yeah. it's 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 it, it's a it's a life-changing idea i think that i'm capable of this so i can do it again so it's very yeah. rewarding i can see that it's very rewarding for you it is you know one of the things that we also talked about was your your company is you know you've got the the, the uh, corporate and you've got the regional offices um and and the training l d is coming from corporate right um, mm -hmm. And so one of the challenges I'm assuming you face is, is getting engagement um, and making sure this isn't just a corporate initiative that, you know, that is being rammed down people's throats and, and making sure that they're a part of it. So, you know, what, tell me a little bit about how that's working for you and what have you done to overcome potential resistance to what you're bringing? Yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of share what we're doing. I'm sure um, others listening will will be in that role too. You know, that, that, that balance, that teeter-totter of things coming from corporate and having that come across in, in the right way, I think is a challenge for, for many, many people. Um, for, for us, we do a couple of things that I think are helpful when we're trying to do that. And, and you mentioned this, our structure we have, and I said that we have these 60 branches around the company. We've really set them up to kind of, in a way, be independent businesses. So there's a, a branch manager that really kind of owns what happens in that you know, $5 million office, but then you got this overlay of the, the corporate support. And I think the word support is key here. And, mm. and because I think that helps me understand my role to those branches is support. I need mm. to help them be successful. I, my role is to help them reach their, you know, their goals and, and success in the branch. Now, Communication is always is also a really big key because for any of us, when we don't understand the why, why does Skyler want some of my employees to engage in this training? Like, what's the purpose of that? It's just, is it just something more to do? 
Is it because he's sitting in his office and to get a paycheck, he needs to give me something, you know, to learn? <laughs> or is it because this is really going to add value to, to the branch teams? And, and I mm-hmm. hope that's where it comes from. So, so we do a couple of things, I think, to, to give that message of communication and support. One of the things with the big project that I'm working on um, is a, a training that new employees go through new they're, they're out of college, they're starting their first career job, and they're in an entry-level management position. And it's a year-long training program, and every mm. week there's assignments. And one of the things we do to, to answer your question is we engage with the branch managers and the, and I don't want to get too, too far into like the organizational structure, but the, the branch managers and the regional or market vice presidents, we engage with them first. Mm. and say, hey, here's some training that is that we feel is really important for these new employees that you're hiring this year that are in their entry-level management positions. And we, we, we communicate the training to them. We, we let them see the training. We, we, we give them access to all the, the, the con. They can have access to all the content. We give them an overview. So you can say, right. okay, this is what it will entail. These are the topics we're going to cover. And then we ask them to suggest employees that they would like to participate in this. Mm. So, so it's, it makes it nice because then we know that we've got their understanding of the program of what's required, the time commitment, the value in it. And they, and those that feel comfortable enough with it, they then recommend, Hey, I'd like Susie or Johnny to do it this year. And I have full support of it. At that point, then we reach out to those employees and we say, Hey, you have been recommended by your manager. We are oh, really nice. excited. We would like you to participate in it. If they choose to do so, then we have, we kind of created this, we call it an agreement, which sounds really boring and legal, but we create this really fun one page colorful document. That's really a, you know, a marketing piece that says, Hey, this program is going to be awesome. By the way, this is what's required as far as time and commitment. And then we have the employee sign it. And again, their manager signs it. So I think that builds confidence in the employee knowing that they have the support of their managers. And that helps break a lot of barriers down mm-hmm. um, as far as like, oh, this is just something else that corporate is making us do there. They get, they get a choice. They get to decide, do I want my employee to do that? Is this the right time for him or her? So that's, that's an example of, of something that we do. And others are when we have our, our larger corporate leadership um, conferences where we bring all of our managers together in person, which we do once a year. We also talk about these training initiatives there and, and mm. give some counsel and some buy-in um, there. And then, and then we try to kind of get the water to the end of the row, so to speak. So in, in some ways it's, it's, it's a reward or it's a, like an acknowledgement of someone's value that they're being picked for this training. So yeah, it's kind in, of a, in, the, in the example with the, with the specific training that I'm talking about, absolutely. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of by invitation only it's, mm-hmm. it's a year long training that, mm-hmm. in this specific example. So it's, it's a lot. It's, so it's we have other trainings that are, you know, not that big, but yeah, that <laughs> one it's, it's a, it, it's a sign of our commitment to that employee. It's, it's kind of, yeah, I'd say kind of a reward. It's letting them know, hey, we're really seriously investing in you. And um, by the way, I'll just add this. It, I don't want this to come across as is uh, over overconfident, but in the landscape world, this type of training and learning and development, um, 
we feel like we're kind of like breaking some new ground. I know it's mm. not new ground in the L and D environment, but for mm. the landscapers, um, we feel like we're doing something really, really cool that um, <laughs> is going to, you know, and it's not that other landscape companies don't have, you know, education. It's important to all of us, but anyway, I'll just put that little plug in there too. It's fun for me to be involved with a company that's really, I think, breaking ground in our profession in the landscape management, you know, world. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, we, we spoke before and you mentioned something. I can't remember what you said about your CEO and, and, and mm -hmm. his commitment to this. So, yeah. so it's, it's, and then, and then how, how, what he, what changes he implemented. So it's like true organizational support for that big idea. So tell me a little bit about that uh, thinking from, from yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, he himself, values employee development and learning and education. And he sees how important it is to the success of the company. Um, I mean, it's an indirect financial reward or, or financial outcome. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's, it's, it can be a hard one, I think, for executives. And if you're just looking at it from a financial perspective, you know, my, my job, I, I just cost, you know, in, in the least in the short term, I, I spend the money, right? I don't earn the money. <laughs> Our branch managers and teams are the ones serving the customers. They earn the money. So, so, so we, we, our, our CEO understands the value of that, that investment. It's a spend now in time mm -hmm. in my, my, my position, right. Is, is gotta be something that he has decided is, is, uh, and the position of the others on my team. But so yes, we have his support. It's, I think it started with him, mm -hmm. um, which is, I think really cool. And, and I, I think it's, I'm, I'm lucky to be in that where we, we have uh, uh, his support. It started with him. We don't have to convince him that, Hey, we need to invest in people's learning and development. Now, yes, we answer to him when we want to help have a conference and it's going to cost some money, you know, that we got to be careful um, with the, with the, with the business money, but, but he is on board and he comes mm. into the trainings and he's a guest speaker at some of the things mm. that we do. And he want, he came up to me at one of a meeting I was in with him and, and many other leaders in, in the company and said, Hey, will you let me be more involved with the training that you're doing? I want to be, and it's like, well, you're the CEO. So, you know, you can absolutely, <laughs> we want you involved. He's a very passionate person also about mm -hmm. um, what we do and investing in not only our people, but our community and the environment. Um, so, so we have his support and that kind of flows down um, to, to the rest of us, which is really cool. That's very cool. And having been on the other side where you push ideas uphill, I'd, rest, I'd much rather be in your position. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some things we get creative and he kind of wants to rethink a little bit, but I think that's part of, of good dialogue and counseling together as mm -hmm. professionals about, you know, and coming up with, you know, this, the, um, having the synergy, you know, to, to make ideas even better. So yeah, there's, I mean, we don't have a blank check, but <laughs> we do have his strong support. That's it's really that's that's the battle I think right there. That's absolutely the battle. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing that we started talking about was, um, you know, the future of L and D, right? And mm -hmm. and I know that um, I've been absolutely dumbstruck by uh, the Chat GPT, and I've been playing around with it. So, um, how how are you thinking about that in terms of impact to you? And just what are the what are the ways that you're thinking about it? I'd be very curious to know how you're going to prepare for this. 
Yeah, this is, I think this is the question that is on everybody's mind around the world right now. And news is coming out almost on a daily basis um, with changes to artificial intelligence. Um, you mentioned chat GDP, which is one one part of artificial intelligence right. and is kind of the leader. And it's kind of almost like a foundation to a lot of other bots or tools, AI tools that can be used. But, you know, I think um, with chat GPT, it's given common people a window mm -hmm. into, into this world that, yeah. that, that you don't need to explain too much. Now they can actually try it. And yeah. I think that's what's caused this revolution among regular folk. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it has. And in a lot of the conversations that I have, there's, there's, um, there's excitement. I think it's, it's also normal to have some questions or some tre trepidation. What does this mean? Is the information that um, chat GD, G, GDP GPT is, is, creating what does that mean how reliable is it how accurate is it and things like that but it's i think it's fun that everybody gets to just play around with it and, and mm -hmm. most people have you know because you just go to their website and start typing in things you know some of the things that that i'm thinking about personally with it um and how it relates to my role and my career i think there's a couple sides to the coin um and and, and learning and development what what do I need to understand as a learning and development professional so that I can to, to, to use artificial intelligence to help me in my role, to, to help me in my career and, and what I do as, for example, a tool in creating um, learning and development. But I also think that there's part of like, how do I, is there training that needs to be created just to help people in our company understand how to use artificial intelligence mm -hmm. with, with their jobs. Um, for example, there is, um, and this gets, this gets really fun, but there there's, if you can actually start using several artificial intelligence, I'll say tools together and they can start communicating with each other to create some really neat things. So I was practicing with thinking about how do how would a company or how would we as landscapers start interacting or letting AI help us interact personally and closely with like future customers? And, um, you know, so, so there's a tool that's called Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R or Zapier. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I've heard it both ways online. And it will let chat GPT, talk to it, and then it can create content like, like personalize an email back to that person with some more information. So it's kind of cool because instead of me or an individual like taking emails from customers and then trying to get back to them in a very timely manner mm. and make sure it's accurate. Um, and, and that there's still a need for that. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think like the person to person, like real human interaction is going to go away. I actually think it may become even more valuable as artificial intelligence gets bigger and bigger, like the, the ability for people face to face to interact, but it can help us automate things quickly that can save time, like responding to an initial email, right? Or I, I, th this is, 
I'll get kind of nerdy about this as a landscaper. <laughs> I was playing around with somebody <clears throat> wants to interact with our company. So we're in landscapers, right? And they say they want it. They fill out a simple form that has their name, phone number, address, and they can actually a little box. They can put in a prompt. Like I would like to see in some images or concepts for my backyard pool or something, right? Artificial intelligence through about three different bots or tools, including open AI or chat GPT um, can respond without me doing anything, a future, a potential client or customer can fill out the form chat. Um, artificial intelligence will create an image that they asked for, for example, a, a concept for their backyard. It will create it for them. It will design the image and graphic for them draft an email, draft a title to that email, respond to that person with a personalized email, describing the image and then attaching that image to the email, sending that and then saving all that to my Google Drive. And mm. it will do all that in about five seconds. So these are some of the questions like, what does it mean? How do we use it in learning and development? What tools are out there both to help us with our jobs? And then what do we need to do as far as training experts to help our teams in our in our companies know how best to use these tools to improve their own productivity and efficiency interesting yeah i get it so so i was thinking it from a narrower perspective i was thinking about it in terms of uh, developing content or you know mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. delivery but you're seeing it as a tool that you need to train about Right. You, you, you it will think, be one of those things that you may need I to think train. Are, I think to me, those are the kind of the two things that I'm in my mind right now. There's two sides training about it and using mm -hmm. it to help me help me. Mm -hmm. I used I used it to help me write um, some content. So the, the, a lot of the content that I'm writing is 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 can be more technical towards landscaping. But when we get into some areas of more like general leadership or something like that, I actually let AI help me write an article um, for some training. I, I let it do about 95% of the work. And then I needed to go in there and make sure, okay, this is, this is exactly what I want to say. This is the vernacular that I want to use. So you can go in and edit it. It's, it's not hard to do. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I think, I think those, I, I agree, Lynn. I think those, for me, those are the two things. How, how, how to, to, to train about it and then use it in our own. And I don't have all the answers. I mean, it's so new to so many of us that we're all, I think, kind of figuring out what does it mean? Yes. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty more tools on the market. I'm sure they'll be coming out quickly um, yeah. that will interface with AI in ways that make it easier for us right now. We are the, we are the, the interface tool. Right. Um, yeah. And so I was, I was playing around with it to see, um, cause I teach a class in data management. I was thinking, you know, could it help me? would it have helped me put the content together and oh my god would it have helped me yes um, right and and also yeah, even if it even if it doesn't do it 100 percent perfect if it does 90 85 90 percent of creating that content and it, it is amazing if there's some listeners out there that have not tried it um take 30 minutes of your day this week and try it because i mean it's it's incredible and, and and it can be a little bit overwhelming because there's a lot there but just and just to clarify we've used some terms um we've said open ai and we've said chat gdp chat g or gpt chat gpt is created by open ai so right 
it's a tool that that company. It's an interface, if you will. It's, it's, yeah, it's a textual interface. interface. Yeah. So just go Google Chat GPT, and and th this uh, th this artificial intelligence is even gonna, you know, take over Google and Bing and stuff. They're already working on how they incorporate it. So, right. so go go, yeah. go play with it because it's stunningly accurate and fast. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, I, I did I did read an article by Bill Gates and he talked about uh, seeing it and not seeing it for the first time, but he gave his people a challenge because I guess he's a big investor, uh, a, a challenge he thought they wouldn't be able to do in a year. And, and, and two or three months later, they came back with it completed and beautiful. Yeah. And But his reaction and it was the same reaction I had because I've been in tech for a long time. It it, it felt like one of the biggest changes I've seen in, in the 40 years I've been in tech. Right. And he yeah. said the same thing. The only thing he, he likened it to, and I did too, was the first time he saw a graphical user interface. Because up to that point, you'd never been able to actually connect. And and I felt the same way when I saw the OpenAI kind of capabilities. It's like, oh my God, this is this is a total game changer and it will yeah. change everything that we do. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. I and I you know, I'm not an expert at it. I, I don't think it's too far fetched to say you know, this is going to affect everything we do, just as you said, whether we like it or not. And I, you know, I'm, I'm from the perspective like, Hey, let's, I mean, we should be careful, but let's embrace change. Um, right. You know, I think there, there were people, this might be uh, hopefully not too, too overly sold. Um, but, you know, I think there were, there were people that hesitated on using the automobile instead of horse and carriage. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know what it, like tech innovation and technology comes whether we're ready for it or not. It's, it's pretty amazing. You know, another, here's another example of using AI to help us in our, in our work. Um, there's, there's a tool out there that will actually come into meetings like this zoom meetings or teams meetings, and it will listen in as a participant and it will take notes <laughs> for you of everything that happened in a really well done way. And then, and you can sit, depending on how you set it up. So you basically have a guest come in and take notes for you. It's not a real mm -hmm. person. It's a, it's a bot. <laughs> and then send those notes out to every, all the participants in the group, or just send them to you as the leader or the facilitator of the discussion. So there's an example where um, you know, maybe it makes sense to let AI just do some of the work for us and then let right. us as humans then have time and bandwidth to do the things that maybe only we can do. For now, only we can do. Yeah. For now, yeah, yeah, for now. I mean, I don't think we ever thought that robots would build automobiles, but they do. <laughs> you, know? you know, one of the other things we talked about when we talked about the future, uh, things that, that you need to be thinking about Um and maybe AI will will factor into this, but one of the challenges is how to measure what you do, how to measure mm -hmm. the success of, of your programs. Um, and have you given some thought to that? Uh, and and where are you in, in that process? Yeah, I'm, I, I think that's a good, that's a great question. Assessing performance is really important because it's it's the, the loop. Um, it gives us the data that we need to, to really decide, are we accomplishing what we want to accomplish in training? Mm -hmm. um, I'll be, I'll be honest, you know, for, for me, you know, when you're talking about the future of like where I'm at in my role and the stuff we're trying to do at our company, 
that's an area where I need to spend some time. Um, it, it's an important area of measuring success. Um, and, and it starts with defining what does success look like? And then, mm-hmm. right. And, and that's probably the biggest question is what, what does success look like? And then figuring out, okay, what tools are we going to use to then measure that? Is it a survey? Is it a, is it an exam? Is it performance? I think that there's, there's some things that we are struggling with kind of coming with a black and white measure of what success is. Um, does the employee, we, we're striving, for example, to have more internal promotion. So when we, when we, there's some leaders that want to want improve in that, like, Hey, when we hire a new branch manager, do we bring that person in from outside or can we promote from within? And sometimes it's one and sometimes it's the other. I think we would like to see more internal promotions in that role. So, so one of the, the measures can be, Hey, people that went through this year long training that, that I've been talking about. And it's on my mind. Cause it's like the, the big thing I'm project I'm working on right now. Did they get promoted? Did there, mm-hmm. because I don't make the decision on whether they get promoted or not. Right. right. I'm the support. Did their local leaders decide, hey, they are now ready. They have got the skills, experience, and knowledge they need to then take on the next level. That can be a measure. I'm not sure that is the one measure of success with that program. It's, yeah, I I wish I had this brilliant, you know, innovative thing to share. Like, hey, we're doing this really cool thing. This is how we're measuring. I'll just say, hey, I'm just being real that I need to work on that. I need to figure out what that looks like and then figure out how we, how we assess that. Even when I was back at, you know, as a professor in college, I mean, that was, that was always a a challenge to find out, are we accomplishing what we want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Because it's really fun for me because I love this stuff just to talk to people about it and and have people do things and have people engage with the content. But is it accomplishing what we hope to, to hope to accomplish? And and, um, and maybe uh, maybe maybe AI can help with that and identify the things that matter and the things to measure. Because I think part of the challenge is you don't have the picture of ne- never having done it. So if you can say, well, I'm going to spend five years not training anybody. Let's see what that looks like. And I'm going to implement this great training. Let's see what that looks like. We don't have that yeah. luxury, right? And so yeah. you've got to figure out what, what are the levers, what, what are the things to look at that, that can give you that, that answer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and this goes back to, to like the question you asked earlier about the differences for me in moving from the, like the college classroom to the corporate is, you know, in the college, in the college environment, we have a lot of data that we can pull from. Um, mm-hmm. So we have exam scores, we have project grades, we have all this different stuff that we can kind of pull from. And it's just, where I'm at right now with the, with what I'm working on, I just, we don't have that at the same degree and right. not that we can't, we just, there's work to do there for us. Yes, I agree. And it'll be challenging, but worth, worth, worth investing. Um, so this has been great. Um, Skylar, I, I love talking to you. Um, so when you think about the future of L and D besides, uh, besides AI, which, you know, is not, not a trivial, um, besides and measurement, are there other things that you think about the, that you feel like you need to plan for, um, that, that might be coming? Um, you know, I think that something that comes to mind is, you know, as we all through the past three, four years came through, through COVID, it, it was very challenging 
it, for many reasons um, in the learning and development field in the teaching side, it's like figuring out how to teach people now that maybe weren't going to be physically present all the time. Um, I think that that there's some silver lining to that. I think that that kind of forced us to think creatively about how we do that. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like we we have some good work to do there too and figure out, okay, so how do we best deliver training in 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 situations where traditionally that type of training has been done in person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? And, and it's, it, it's challenging, but it's exciting because it allows us, it allows that training to become more scalable at a lower cost. Right. And, but we got to make sure we do it really well too. It can't just be like, Oh, we do it online now. Um, something in landscaping as technical might be like how to sharpen a lawnmower blade or how to properly prune a rhododendron or how to properly calculate fertilization rates or whatever and mm-hmm. you know stuff that, that has been done hands-on in workshops can we do that online so i think that's a part of the future is still and and it's not like we're you know we've been doing it for a while but i i feel like and maybe it's just me personally like i feel like there's a lot of there's there'll be a lot more to come in us improving how we communicate mm-hmm. in a virtual uh, virtual world and, and well, that, online learning has been around for a while. So yes. it's not like we're starting from scratch, but I, it's, that's, that's something that I think about a lot. I, I feel like when I'm in a, when I was in a college classroom with a group of students live, how I interact and, and feel the, the, the culture and the tempo of the room, the pulse of the room is very different when it's a group of people on a zoom call. Right. And and right. how do I get that same interaction and engagement through as those are questions I think we need to keep working on. I agree. And, and we, we, it, it was sort of a, it's either online or in person. And I think what you're saying is there's a much more nuanced view of yeah. this that we need to think about um, so that it won't be one or the other. It'll be some package of, of ideas that, that come yeah. together. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, it's been, it's been great talking to you, Tyler. I really, I have really enjoyed it. Um, so this is a time when I'm, I'm going to ask you what what didn't I ask you? Are there things that that I should have asked or that you that you think are important uh, um, that you'd like to bring up now? You know, I can't think of any questions. We, I love talking about this stuff. We could probably talk for an hour more, um, but I, I I've enjoyed talking with you and and being being engaged with this as as you've brought up um, for me personally. You know, getting into the corporate. Um, you know, leadership and development world has been a fun, new challenge and adventure um, for me. Mm-hmm. It, it's fun to interact with people that are like-minded. So I appreciate the opportunity to kind of talk with you a little bit about that. I, I look forward to, um, I'll be attending ATD 23, which some of the listeners may be going to later this, this fall um, out in San Diego. I look forward, for me, it's just exciting to kind of get into this world and and realize that there's a lot more there um, than I had even realized. You know, I'm I'm learning too about the the L and D world and profession, and it's, mm-hmm. it's exciting. Um, so I don't know if there's any questions I'd say you didn't ask. There probably are, and I don't know what they are either. So it's a perfect I, it's interview. Kind of chat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Skyler. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay.